Welcome to the It's All About Relationships podcast with Dr. Marty Folsom, where we talk about relationships with God, with others, and with ourselves. Today we are looking at, in episode 24, addiction, but not the kind of addiction that just shows up easily in front of you where you go, wow, that person's an addict. This is the hidden modes of addiction. Addiction and its hidden modes, where often good things become problematic. Somebody who's a workaholic is probably getting a lot of support from somebody saying, Way to go, you are the hardest working person I've seen. But the family sitting in homes going, Where is where is our parent? So these good things, when they begin to have fracturing consequences, we recognize they have gone into addictive mode. I noticed this myself, of myself, one day when I was coming back from having bought a probably a bag full of books or something, and I was sneaking past the house with my first spouse, heading towards the library to put these books away before she saw that I had bought more books. So what I found was that in order to cover over the pain of what was a loneliness, books filled up for me. They made me feel like I was getting something I wanted. They were Something that felt like it was taking care of myself, but the fact that I needed to hide it was an indicator something was going wrong. But again, to notice an addiction, there is pain or loss. It's the pain of not feeling known or connected. The fact that I was hiding them means I couldn't be honest, that I had to lie to myself and to her that I had these things because I couldn't just say, got some more books, want to see them or anything like that. I had to hide them. And in the process, I was sacrificing the relationship, which is our final Note that when it begins to sacrifice the relationship, there is a problem. Now, she didn't know all that, but something was happening in me. So to recognize addictions, first of all, are something that's self-destructive. They are our own patterns of self-destruction. We could say it ends up that we are living a lie. We're living something that isn't true to ourselves or to others. The opposite of living a lie would be to live openly and honestly and connected. So this is disconnected caring only for self, and trying to hide in a way that becomes a prison. So in the end, to recognize that self-protection is not a form of love. Um, it seems as though self-care would be a loving kind of thing, but when we're just protecting ourselves out of the fear of what others will think, that we are actually just living from fear. When we're really protecting others, then it may be possible that we're living from love. So when we are not open to self-disclosure about what we're doing, what we're thinking, what we're feeling to people who are close to us, then there may be a trigger, something to notice that something's going on. So do we have to do this with everybody, with everything? Well, I think we have to pay attention to what matters. If a person matters to you, then we have to pay attention and say, can I be honest with this person? If there's somebody who you really don't engage with that much and you don't care, you probably don't need to do that work with them. There is a natural kind of distance that we have. We don't have to, or we don't have the energy or time to get close to everyone. My wife once said, as a dentist, only floss the teeth you want to keep. What did she mean by that? It means if something's important to you, like a particular relationship in your conversation, you better pay attention and take care of it. <clears throat> that would be the kind of relationship you'd want to think about. How am I acting in such a way that I'm hiding things from this person? What 
what are the things I can't talk about with this person? If they matter, then you probably want to do the work <clears throat> of asking yourself first and then saying to the other person, you know, I've recognized that this is something that I've not been able to talk about to you, but I don't want anything to get in the way. Can we talk about this? So that would be an invitation or a flossing kind of exercise. Now, one of the biggest things that sets us up with this is the concept of being good. And as children, the nature of being good is something that drives us to always try and look good. So being good is more about looking good, having good appearance management than anything else. So when we recognize that our desire is to be good or to look good, it's very possible that in that looking good, we are not being honest. We're hiding the things that other people might not approve of. So again, the opposite of being good, we will call being honest, to live a collaborative life with other people, which means to be friends. The most famous line of John McMurray's is, all meaningful knowledge is for the purpose of action, because if it's not an action, then it's just in your head. And all meaningful action is for the purpose of friendship. Friendship is the goal there. So when we're not being addictive, we're acting in a way that leads to friendship. So this means that we orient ourselves for a life of discovery of ourself and making that available and discovery of others in a way that really connects us instead of just self-medicating by covering over and doing those things and acting in those ways that make us feel good but sacrifice the other. <clears throat> so again, in the book by Ann Wilson Schaaf, Escape from Intimacy, intimacy is a definition of health. And that means we're not hiding anything or using anything to keep from being connected. She talks about relationship addictions, romance addictions, and sex addictions, where you don't really care about the person. It's the experience of being in a relationship, the experience of being romantic, the experience of having sex, and who it's with doesn't really matter that much because you're wanting the experience, which has become a medication, instead of an authentic connecting with another person. So all of those things that just keep us from real relationships we might say that's what the life of sin is about. It's a covering over things in a way that <clears throat> leaves us with a level of dissonance rather than being attuned to another person. We're dissonant and hiding and trying to cover it over, but not really connecting. So the power of sin in our lives, which again is this disconnection, is in making the priority of a false self, which gives us a false sense of security and protection, that we think is taking care of ourselves, but it's really living in bondage, not free to be ourselves, not free to connect with others. And God said it's not good to be alone, but where are we when we're hiding, shielding, masking, all those things? <clears throat> we are alone. So this one thing that God said it's not good to be is exactly what our addictions give to us. Aloneness with ourself, medicated, but really not sustained or nurtured. I noticed one day that the word intimate, if you put the word id in the middle, you get intimidate, intimidate, intimidate. So if you put yourself in the middle of an intimate relationship and make it all about you, it becomes an intimidated relationship, one that's living in fear. I'm too intimidated by this person to tell them what I'm really thinking would be the kind of thing that would show up in your head. So to recognize that intimate and intimidate, one is living from love and connection with the other, and the other intimidated is living from the fear of what the other person will think and being shut down. And when we're shut down, 
Fear continues. We have no courage because we are controlled. But as the fear continues, we can have courage to confess and to press into these issues that come up and have the conversation. You know, I think that I'm afraid of telling you about this thing and I want to open up the conversation. That would be a way to start. So when we recognize that the nature of God's grace is to give us the gift of acceptance without any fear, without needing to appear in any particular way, that grace overcomes our fears. Perfect love casts out fear. It overcomes our condition of needing to hide. It takes away any judgment because that's taken away from a God who says, I've covered all that. I've forgiven all that. It removes the shame that we should be judging ourselves or letting other people judge us and says we are accepted by God. It takes away the pointing finger of blame that's looking for some way to make the other wrong so that we are justified in hiding from them or blaming situations or anything. All of it, we are not needing to hide or blame anymore. And it takes away the guilt of simply saying, I'm a failure. And if people really knew me, they wouldn't want to really engage me. When our guilt is gone and we just show up as who we are, Grace is doing its work, and connection is the outcome. So grace is the get-out-of-jail card for our fear, our dysfunction, the everyday dysfunctions of addiction that may show up, like working too much and exercise and doing wild and crazy things that are fun in a sense, but they just become ways that we cover over. And I think there virtually isn't a single thing that couldn't fall into this category that the very nature of any good thing we have in our life, from knitting to watching TV shows, anything has this capacity to become something that distracts us from the fears of our really being known, something we give to ourselves that we're willing to not let other people know how much we do it or the intensity with we do it or whatever it is that we're afraid to share with people. The moment we notice that, we can recognize addictions are at work. So I think addictions are in an epidemic state. I think that literally every person alive has some addiction, something that they're not able to tell people close to them about, and it is the hidden part of their lives. And I think it's even possible that everybody has multiple addiction, multiple good things. So to say it's normal to be addicted doesn't make it healthy. It just means that we're normal in our fragmentation, our separation, our desire to appear good when, in fact, other things are going on. That is to say, then, our lives are grounded in fear, and that fear nurtures the addictive patterns in our life, and we end up missing love. Yep, missing love. The hope is that we would find connection through honesty and really recognizing that the relationship is more important than just having the sense that we're good because nobody knows what's really going on with me. So once we recognize what the issue is, then we can begin to ask, what could it look like to not live with fear's dysfunction into a life of connection? Thanks for listening today to the It's All About Relationships podcast. Check out my blog over at drmartyfulsom.com. And thanks for being supportive of this podcast. Tell others about it. Thanks a lot.